On today's show, this man has 135 number one singles on the dance charts and counting. He's a producer. He's a remixer. He's a songwriter. He's a DJ. Please welcome Dave Auday. Hey, what's up? Very excited to be here today. And I'm actually pretty afraid to answer whatever questions Mike has come up with. Everybody, welcome to the Mike Brand Show and today's special guest. He's a record producer. He is a songwriter. He is a remixer and he's a DJ and he has 135 and counting. How do you do this? Number one singles on the dance charts. Please welcome Dave Auday. Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you. For, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. It's nice to meet you and and always uh, excited to meet new people. You're welcome. I mean, you are just phenomenal. You've worked with so many amazing people that I have to list some of these names now that we'll talk about a little later. But just so the fans at home, if they're not familiar with you, know you've worked with U2, Madonna, Will I Am, One Direction, Katy Perry, Britney Spears, Sting, Rihanna, Amy Grant, Pussycat Dolls, Lady Gaga, Leanne Rimes, Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Corn, Bare Naked Ladies, Cece Peniston, Selena, uh, Selena Gomez. Backstreet Boys, Ariana Grande, Total, Tony Braxton, and Betty White. Yes. First question for you before we get into anything is I want to know what you did with Betty White. Well, man, that's a great story. Um, I do a lot of I do a lot of stuff music with a good friend of mine, Luciana. And Luciana um, is a hoot. She's 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 hilarious in her own right. And very, very talented songwriter. She's actually been DJing lately uh, 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 and singer, singer. She could sing anything. She's from England and I love Luciana. So Luciana and I came, came up with a song we uh, were gonna release called I'm Still Hot a few years ago. It was probably a decade ago, I think. And um, Luciana at the time, her best friend uh, who his name was David uh, was in a, in a nightclub and um, her best friend's gay and that I'll tell you why that makes that is that's I'm telling you that is because he was at a gay club and a lot of the guys the gay at this particular gay club one night we, he was at a club one night had their shirts off and they were dancing around sweating this is a crazy story and David ran into some guy some really huge guy and said oh my god you smell great like your BO or whatever you got going on, it smells great. And he called Luciana over. This is a crazy, I'm, I know it's kind of weird. And Luci Luciana, you got to smell, <laughs> smell this guy. She came over and they became friends immediately with this guy in this club. For whatever reason, <laughs> they became friends. And this guy was, uh, was actually working with a client um, and the client needed a song for their, this, this video they were putting together. Uh, it was for um, 
Lifeline was the name of the company at the time. And they needed a song. They, were, they, they needed a, a theme song for a video. And Betty White had agreed to uh, be in this video about the Lifeline. Lifeline was like, I think it was reverse mortgage or some kind of investments for, for elderly people. And so Betty, they got Betty White involved with this company. And they, at the time, Betty White was on a TV show called Hot in Cleveland. So the guy goes, oh my God, your song will be perfect. Hot in Cleveland, I'm still hot. Can, is there some way we can get Betty on your song? So we basically rewrote a verse, had Betty do a whole version with, with Betty and Luciana on the record. So it was, originally it was a Luciana record. And then um, we just took out a lot of Luciana stuff and put Betty on there. Betty went in the studio and one word at a time recorded each word. And uh, if the video is online, you can check it out. It's Luciana and Betty White, I'm Still Hot. And, and it's phenomenal. It turned out crazy. Betty White in the middle of the video, just doing like break dancing. And that we pull up in the limo. Luciana pulls up in a limo in the beginning of the, of the video. And uh, Betty White loves, is a big, 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 of uh, uh, um, um, supporter of the LA Zoo. So it's, they filmed a lot of it at the LA Zoo. And Betty just asked me to take any of her proceeds and pay it to the LA Zoo. So through, through somebody's BO, they met Luciana and, Lu and came up with this idea to take our song, I'm Still Hot, and put Betty on it. I mean, it's just kind of weird, all the things that came together for this. And they spent a lot of money on the video. It looks great. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. And we had like a little record release party at the Abbey in West Hollywood and Betty was there and I was there and, and Luciana with a, with a red carpet and it was fun. I mean, so I've done some crazy things in my life uh, music wise over the past couple decades. And that was definitely 100% top five. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So tell us how you got started in the music business. That was a long story I know. <laughs> um, how did I get started in the record and music business? That's a great question. Um, I saw, I was always very, very, uh, uh, obviously I was a lover of music growing up as, as a lot of people are Loved music, took piano lessons as a, as a, as a young kid when I was eight or nine years old. So I played piano that translated into, uh, uh, my father bought me a synthesizer when I was 13. And when I was 13, that was a big deal. Other kids didn't have synthesizers. It was like a crazy, nobody. I mean, like I, when I say no, everybody had guitars. So nobody, turntables weren't even a thing yet. So it was like guitars or drums or piano. My dad knew somebody in the business and I got a synthesizer. So I became really, really um, uh, enthralled in learning how the synthesizer worked and all the stuff that went along with it, drum machines and sequencers and all this electronic music sort of stuff. So really the beginning of my life and my career started with that. And I happened to be at a club one night um, in my early twenties. And I heard somebody over here, I overheard somebody say they're starting a record label and they, need, they needed, a, needed a keyboard player to, to do music with to, for, the, for the label. And so I raised my hand and I made friends with this guy and he ended up starting, starting a label and my record career, my music career and my record career was started just being in the right place at the right time, overhearing somebody, raising my hand. And uh, that label ended up being a label called Moonshine Music, AKA Moonshine Records. And by the mid, mid 90s, they were the largest uh, dance label 
or actually largest independent label in the United States, putting out DJ, a lot of DJ mixes, which was very, very big thing on CD in the 90s. So that's where my, rec my, uh, my career started. And how did you get the idea to even be a remixer? What, like, where, how did you even know that was a profession back then? I, I didn't know it was a profession, but in the early, in the 90s, uh, when technology sort of got to a place where you were able to remix, right? Because before the 90s, uh, you couldn't really remix a record because there was no, not a lot of digital stuff going on where you could change tempos and change keys and stuff like that. So with the 90s came the advent of digital uh, recording and also being able to speed things up, speed things down. And really the first, the first big remix I heard that inspired me was Todd Terry's remix of Everything But, Everything but the Girl Missing. So that was really a big, 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 big remix where the remix got bigger than the original, you know? And so remixing became a thing and, and in 1995, I had already been, you know, the label got started and I was doing all this dance music for all these artists. And of course I was remixing, producing and remixing. It's kind of the same thing really uh, for, for Moonshine and Reprise Records heard, heard about it. And they asked me to remix Bare Naked Ladies which was my first major label remix. And in 1995 and in 1995, the big, sort of like, you know, there's all these little subgenres of dance music. Before 95, there was two kinds of dance music, house, techno, that's it. And most DJs played both because why not? It was, it was still dance music. So you, you went from a techno record or a ravey record to a vocal house record. And that's all the clubs in New York and LA and, 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 and Paris and everywhere else in the world were playing everything. It was a great time for, for dance music, just exploding before all these crazy subgenres. So 95, I was asked to do this major label remix for Reprise Records for Bare Naked Ladies, their first big record called One Week. And at that time, uh, Fatboy Slim was just sort of exploding. And I did what's called a big beat mix, which was the big beat was basically Fatboy Slim uh, style type remix. And that's what I did in 95. How do you go about your creative process to remix a song? Um, it's real. Look, I listen to it. The first, the first thing I do with every single remix is figure out, okay, what does the label or the artist want me to do on this? Because there's different reasons. In the 90s, there was one reason to do a remix, and it was basically to get it into clubs. That was it. There was no other reason. They were gonna, they want DJs to play this, a new version of their song just to get their song out there to more people and get, hey, I love this remix, let me listen to the original. So that was the only reason. Now, there's a million other reasons. It could be, we want it to be uh, on a specific Spotify playlist. That could be the only reason. It could be, uh, we want a, a version for people to work out to in the gyms, right? It could be, yes, we want it to be a club record. So usually the club record would go along with the gym thing, right? Um, but there's a lot of different reasons. It could be, I just did Reba McIntyre Fancy. They wanted basically, Fancy was 30 years old. So they wanted a new version of Fancy. It's been 30 years. Let's have a new version of it. So I did a new version, which is like basically just the original pumped up on steroids, a little more fun, dancey, 
but no, it was not a, it's not a dancey dance record, but you can you can dance to it and, and have fun. So there's so many reasons to do remixes these days. Uh, so that's the first thing I do is find out what the label wants, what they want me to do. The second thing I do is figure out, okay, once I figure that out, what tempo am I going to be at? If the obviously you can change anything to any tempo now because of technology doesn't mean you should do that, right? Doesn't mean you, because a record's at 70 beats per minute doesn't mean you should be at 100, right? And it has nothing to do with tempo. People say, well, isn't it easier to go from 70 to 80 or no, it has nothing to do with tempo. It has to do with tempo and how they're singing. Because if they're singing a lot of, a lot of words in eight bars, right? That's gonna be harder than if they're singing only a couple different, if they're, if they're spreading out their words, that's a lot easier to squeeze and make faster. So it's those two things combined. So I figure out tempo. And then I start thinking, okay, here's all these records this week that I love records by this person, this person, that remixer, that remixer, this artist, that artist. Here's what's big in the UK. Here's what's big in the US. I, list, I put all these things in my head together and say, well, this would sound good kind of in this zone over here. Maybe like Mark Knight type drums and maybe uh, Tiesto's new house sort of bass, bass house kind of sound. So I kind of just take all these influences together and, and kind of put it together. Start with the acapella usually and the drums. First things I usually do is tempo, acapella, drums. And then I arrange and start filling in things, usually start with the bass. And then everything just kind of, I kind of like just go fix, 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 fix. And then before you know it, there's something cool to listen to. Yep. And definitely, I mean, it definitely brings life to a song, like a new life sometimes to a song. If um, let's say, for example, if it was a slow song and now we put it in into the dance version, oh. I mean, you can totally just the whole concept of the song is completely different. Are there any songs that stand out in your mind that you've done where you're like, I, I feel like this is a totally different like song, totally, you can, oh, totally I mean, different way. <laughs> I'd say probably a third of the remixes I've done have ended up going like crazy, like, wow, I didn't think that was gonna end up being like, I mean, sometimes I just sort of, it's crazy because the opposite's true. Sometimes I have a record where people go, well, what did you do? But see, the funny, the great thing about music is if you remember in your mind a record from the 80s, for instance, you remember how great it sounds in your mind. And then you might sit down and listen to it and go, oh, it didn't sound as good as I remember it. You forget kind of exactly how it sounds, right? You just remember the, the memory is great. The song, maybe where you were at the time, who you were dating, who you were breaking up with, all that stuff, who, what, you know, the clothes you were wearing, the car you were driving, all that stuff. That's what you remember. You, you, you attach that to music. You don't remember exactly how it sounds. And a lot of those records from years ago didn't have the technology we have now. So sometimes like the Reba, for instance, that's a good example because it's one of the most recent ones I've done. I just took it and just made it sound 2021 better. I used a lot of the guitars and stuff from the original. I added some new stuff. So um, I'm trying to think a good example of a record that I just ripped apart. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say ripped apart, but let's let's look at Sting, If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free. So beginning of 2019, uh, Sting, Sting asked me to uh, do five or six 
sides, uh, tracks on his on a new album he was putting together called My Songs. He was he was redoing a lot of his older, bigger records. So I redid a song called Fragile. I read I redid in Englishman in New York. I redid uh, Brand New Day and a couple others. And I said, hey, um, one of my favorite songs of yours is If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free. Would you mind if I took a shot? I, and I, usually, the people usually tell me what they want me to do. I turned around and said, hey, I love this song. I don't know why I have this weird thing in my head. Can I try it, try and do something with it? And they said, yeah, you know, if you, yeah, do it, we'll let you try, you know? And obviously if I would have failed, I, I wouldn't have gotten paid or they wouldn't have used it or whatever, but I just had a weird, a weird uh, inclination that, that something was going to turn out cool. And it did. So I basically flipped the whole song and turned it into like a disco, a disco, a, a new disco, basically new disco, a new disco version. And the crazy thing is I kept the original bass that Sting played. And if you listen to my new version of that record, you would think it was always a disco record. You would never know that bass was in a, a kind of a, a really, really verby pop 80s song. You would never know it wasn't a disco record. You would think, oh, this is how it, the bass was played. And, and did I keep the sax in that? No, I added sax. Do I add sax? Yeah. So you would, it's funny, that record, just you would never know it's the same record. But, but um, the crazy thing is it has this, I use the same bass. So it's not like I just redid everything. I carried the bass over here, gave it disco drums, put some disco guitars in it. And next thing you knew, it was a, a new disco smash. And then after working with Moonshine, you went off on your own. And yeah. as we can see on your shirt there, Audacious Records. So can you tell us a little bit about how that got started? Listen, I mean, I, Audacious Records is just my little record label and I just, it's nothing serious. I'm not like, I don't consider my person a, myself a record mogul or whatever. And I just really, I, I, wanted, I wanted to start my own label to put my records out on and just have control over things, how, what I wanna do, what I wanna put out, what remixes I wanna do, who I wanna work with. And it's just really records I've done with my friends. I don't just sign other people's records. People always send me records. Hey, I wanna put this, consider this for putting it on Audacious. Like, like, no, it's a great record, but I don't sign third-party records. It's just, it's just a little record label for me to put out my own stuff on. And um, it's, just, it's just fun. I made vinyl for the first uh, the first two years of my label when I had my label. I was actually making vinyl, and then and then people stopped playing vinyl in clubs, right? So I stopped making. It's kind of expensive to make vinyl, but in the first couple of years, I made a bunch of vinyl, and I sold a bunch of vinyl, and then I had a bunch of vinyl that I didn't sell, and then I stopped making it. So um, it's just a fun little project for me. And another fun project that you were on is in 2008, you appeared on the Pussycat Dolls Presents Girlicious. You worked with Robin Anton on her expert team to help the girls with rehearsals. And you worked also as a music director on the Doll Domination Tour as well. So can you tell us a little bit about your time working with the Pussycat Dolls? That's a long story too. Uh, 
but I'll try to make it short. So I was contacted by a guy named Nick Hexum, who's the lead singer of 311, a band called 311. He said, hey, Dave, I heard you do dance music. My girlfriend wants to do some dance music. Can you meet with her and, and see if you can start working with her? So I said, okay. So I drove to Nick's house and his girlfriend was Nicole Scherzinger. So uh, I obviously met Nicole and I fell in love immediately. Oh my God, who are you? Where'd you come from? You're amazing. You're beautiful. You can sing anything. And the next thing I was, the next, maybe that day or the day, very soon after I introduced her to my, one of my best friends, Jeff Haddad. And Jeff ended up, ended up managing her and got her into audition for Pussycat Dolls. So I was really um, sort of involved with Pussycat Dolls from the beginning met Robin, of course, and I ended up being there. Uh, I, did a, I did a lot of their music and um, uh, 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 a lot of remixes, obviously, and became very good friends with Nicole. I'm still friends with Nicole. And uh, um, so they had a TV show years, years later, right? Where they were looking for the next Pussycat doll. And um, the first season went really well. So they, it went so well, they go, oh, we have a little bit budget now for a music director. So you want to come on and be the music director in the, on the TV show. So I did. And I made all the music for the TV show and was on, was on TV for a little bit. And I, I had a moment where I was on, um, oh my God, what's the TV show? What's the funny show where they play all the realities, all the TV shows, where they make fun of people? The, the soup. I was on the soup for a second. So I made the soup. So that was a big moment of my life when I was on the soup for a second. Yeah, he was, I made some crazy face at some, what, whatever, Robin was doing something funny and I made some weird face and that was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to see sort of how those, those, uh, those things get made, those TV, the TV shows. And then after working all these years, perfecting your craft and everything, finally, with all, all these hit singles you have, you yeah. get nominated for a Grammy in 2010. Your first yeah. nomination was for Dean Cole's I Want You. Dean Coleman. Dean Go Coleman. I'm sorry, Dean Coleman. Okay, it's all right. It's like, <laughs> it's like uh, Birdcage. Uh, and Dean Coleman, and I'll tell you a little secret about that record. Go, go ahead. I don't want to stop you, but who, do you know who the, what, who, what's to say the artist is? Dean Coleman featuring... Featuring, I am honestly not sure. No, it's okay. Not nobody, okay. nobody knows. It's it's Dean Coleman featuring DMCA, who is AKA the lead singer of Maroon Five. Adam didn't want Adam anybody, Levine. Adam Levine didn't want anybody to know he was on that record, so they just came up with some DMCA thing. So it's kind of crazy. My first nomination was had Adam Levine on the on the vocal and, and I was it was very lucky I, it was a totally obscure record and got nominated but but uh it sort of woke me up to hey people are somebody's noticing what I'm doing it was kind of it was a cool very cool moment yeah I'm surprised it took so long because I, I mean I knew all your work you know over the years too hearing your remixes Thank that you. it would take that long but then finally you win in 2016 Mark Robinson, Bruno Mars, Uptown Mark Ronson, Funk. Mark Ronson, Bruno Mars. I mean, probably the, no, not probably, sorry. 
the biggest record of 2015. So, uh, just a lucky, lucky moment in my life. I was asked to re to remix the biggest record of the year. And so when I won the Grammy, I did. I didn't expect to win the Grammy. Obviously, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but I knew I had a pretty good chance because I was up for the biggest record. You know, how many Grammys did that record won? Like three or four Grammys that year. So uh, I knew I had a pretty good chance. And I think when people voted, they also were voting like, oh, Dave, he's done all these records. You know, he probably deserves a Grammy if anybody, if anybody does for remixing. So I think it was probably a lot of Uptown Funk and a little bit Dave's been doing doing it for a while. So now you, you continue to hit uh, make these great hits. More, most recently, my personal favorite that you've come out with mm. is the Coyote Ugly soundtrack remix. You've remixed those songs and did a mega mix for it. And did a great version, Can't Fight the Moonlight and the other three songs on there. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can. I mean, so Leanne, I'm, I got uh, familiar with Leanne's music when her label hired me to remix I Need You back in 1997. And I Need You, I don't know if you know, remember that song, but phenomenal, one of her big records, beautiful, beautiful song all over the radio. And so that was the first Leanne remix. And uh, over the years, I've been asked to remix, you know, many more Leanne records. So Leanne and I sort of slowly became friends and I consider her a friend now, we're, we're friends. Uh, we work we work with a lot with the same people and um so last year was it like yeah it was last year right 2020 so last year was a weird year and i but but it was also like hey uh coyote ugly is going to be 20 years old is it 20 it was 20 years old and so let's let's have some fun and they they originally said hey dave let's mega mix do a mega mix. So I said, that's a great idea, having a mega mix of all the songs. But I go, but you know, I'm not just gonna do like a little piece, little piece, little, I go, I need to remix every song and then take those four songs and put them into a mega mix. It's not like, I shouldn't treat it like one song. I need to treat it like four songs. And the label's like, oh yeah, that's a good point. You need to, you should probably do that. So uh, fortunately I had that <laughs> good idea to do that. And I actually ended up with four really good remixes. And, um, you know, I love Leanne, 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 um, Nick, you know, I'm very lucky to know a lot of really good singers. Nicole was, was at the time when I met Nicole, she was just phenomenal and she still is. And, uh, now I've, I've done a lot of work with Leanne and, uh, I've just finished actually a couple new remixes for Leanne and Leanne is just naturally one of the best, if not the best singer I've ever known. And that original song, I mean, it, it's just amazing. They were able to remix that back in the day. And then to think now you're going to come up with a whole new remix. I mean, the remix already was amazing that they had back in the day and you did a brand new one. So, I mean, did you get a little nervous or anything about that? Having to try to make magic twice? I mean, yeah, I'm always nervous. Look, I'm very lucky I get to work on big records and Can't Fight the Moonlight was a big movie. It was a big song all over radio. Uh, I think the song actually was way bigger than the movie was at the time. The movie became a big hit slowly over, over time, just people watching VHS or DVD or whatever. Um, it's my wife's favorite movie, I think, of all time, which is cool because I, I got to remix the song. And 
you know, Graham Stack did a remix back in the day when the song was all over radio. So his remix got a lot of radio play as well because the original was already on radio. So, you know, uh, unfortunately my remix isn't getting on the radio. And if that's a big deal to, to you, then I guess then that's important. But, but um, look, I, I did something completely different than Graham Stack or the original. So, and I made sure to do, to do that. So it wasn't, there was never going to get compared and it was 20, it's 20 years later. So, you know, uh, I just did something that I thought was cool and, and hopefully it lasts another, lasts another 20 years. Another artist that you worked with was Beyonce. Can you tell mm -hmm. us about that? Well, I mean, Beyonce, you know, what can you say about Beyonce? She has the, as good as songs as anybody. I mean, and, and you haven't asked me, but I'll tell you, probably one of my favorite remakes. Well, the first Beyonce, how lucky am I? The first Beyonce record, I think it was the first, was it? Upgrade You might have been the first one. I'm trying to remember what the first one they asked me to do was. Was Upgrade You Beyonce or was it Destiny's Child? But I was very lucky they asked me to remix Single Ladies. And after that, like immediately they said, we want you to do Halo. And so that's to this day, I just played it last week on my stream. I play it every week, I think, on my stream now, because it's literally one of my favorite remixes I've done. So if I have a day by day top 10, Halo is for sure uh, in there. Just Evan Bogart wrote the song. Great. Evan, Evan and, uh, and uh, One Republic, uh, um, lead singer at One Republic, and they wrote it. Great song. Beyonce, Halo. It's timeless. I still play it. People love it. So um, yeah, and I, I, I've done three or four. And then I did probably one of the big, my biggest, biggest, biggest unknown remix I've ever done. Uh, I put on SoundCloud. And at the time, there was a point where it was doing, uh, I think I thought, I, I think I did, I ended up with 50 million plays of it on SoundCloud before SoundCloud went absolutely crazy and shut down everybody that had all this stuff that they didn't own up. Obviously I do remixes, I don't own them. But I had, I had a Beyonce, a remix of Partition that I did for the label. And when I did the remix of Partition, it was, a, it was at the time when, when Trap and Twerk were just sort of exploding. So I did like a Twerk remix of that and it is by far one of the greatest things I've ever done. Um, but it didn't get released because when that album came out, Beyonce made the decision. She didn't want remixes to come out anymore. Only original stuff. So the label was still paying for remixes, but only as promotion to promote the original versions. So it's unfortunate when that version got taken down from, from SoundCloud, there was no, there's nowhere for people to listen to that song, to that remix. Very sad, but I've had, I did run the world as well. So I've had a lot of, I've been able to, I've been very lucky to remix a bunch of great Beyonce records. Yep. And then another artist you did most recently to the Backstreet Boys, you've done some <laughs> for them as well. Yes. Backstreet's back. Um, yeah, that was a fun record. That was a fun record. That was a couple years ago. That was three or four record years ago, but that was fun. And you know, Backstreet had the biggest tour in 2019, so they're 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 still around. Backstreet is back, and you know, at some point I might do another one, do another one for them. They're they're great and they're always fun. They're always fun to remix. 
and then you also did One Direction, Niall Horan. You did um, yep. Niall, his song yeah. as well. Yep. And then yep. Amy Amy Grant was another good one, Baby Baby. You Amy Grant, that. they asked. That was fun because they said they called me and said, hey, we're going to do a remix album. Which song do you want to remix? And I said, you're, you're, you have to ask, like, is there, is there a, a, better, a bigger Amy Grant song than Baby Baby? I mean, look, if you're an Amy Grant fan, you probably think, uh, every heartbeat that's a good song too uh but of course i said baby baby and um that was fun it's fun listen my job is great uh when i am able to work on great songs and right now i'm working on a, a new demi lovato, lovato song so i'm i just get i'm very lucky this is this is the, the best part of my life and my career is when i get to work on great artists and great songs who is the one artist, and I want to see, because I have somebody that I'm going to recommend to you, but I want to see who you say, is the one artist that you haven't worked with that you want to work with? I get asked this a lot. Uh, and, and I couldn't even tell you something, anybody. Um, you know, I haven't done any Sam Smith. Sam Smith would be fun. Just, just, just off the top of my head, I really haven't thought about that question in the last few months. But Sam Smith would be fun. I haven't done any Sam Smith records, have I? No. Um, it'd probably be fun to do. Uh, I haven't done Miley Cyrus. Miley would be fun, and she does a lot of remixes, which is kind of surprising that I haven't done anything for her yet. Uh, maybe Billie Eilish would be fun too. Uh, oh, I know another one who I have worked with, sort of, Taylor Swift. T sizzle. Yep. Um, who are you? Okay. Who are you going to suggest? So the person that I'm thinking of, and it's one particular song that honestly, I think would be huge in a dance version. Oh, Mariah Carey. Okay. From the daydream album, the song forever, the ballad forever. And no one's remixed that. Are you sure? No one has ever remixed. Come it. on. I can't find a remix. And I'm telling you right now, that song should be in a dance format that would be a perfect dance format song i'm writing it down right now because maybe i'll make a phone call that you know what so that mariah definitely comes to mind a lot um and maybe the reason i just didn't mention mariah is because she's not really making too many records now when's the, she made a record recently has she yeah she made she made one i think it was the other year Okay. So just but, one, but yeah, not she's not coming out with them as much as back in the day. She's for sure, she is for sure up there with all the and I, I never did a Whitney song either. So I mean, yeah, if if I could go back and remix somebody uh that I didn't get to remix back in the day when I, like my career started, I'd I would probably a hundred percent have to say Whitney, right? I'd be stupid not to say Whitney Houston because that was she was, you know, she was big in clubs and big everywhere everywhere so that would have been cool seem thunderpuss thunderpuss did a lot of uh whitney stuff and good for chris 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 and barry good for those guys very talented guys they and they did a great job but and i think i wasn't ready probably at the i wasn't there yet you know yeah <laughs> i hadn't i hadn't come into my own yet so it's all timing yeah and is I, there I, any artist that you can think of that who, who in your opinion is going to be like the next big thing that they do great work that just maybe hasn't gotten noticed yet 
Well, I mean, I'm working on an artist right now who's a friend of mine. And I just got lucky to make to be friends with her 10 years ago when she was starting out her career. And she's actually, I think she's blowing up. And uh, she has a new song, new song that I'm working on right now. Her name is LP. And her new song is called The Only One. And LP, those are her initials, um, is very unique. She sounds like nobody else. She's an incredible, amazing writer, performer, person. She has her own thing. And she's also part of the LGBTQ community. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons to like LP. So I'm very excited. I'm working on her, that song right now. And um, if I had to, if I had to just, you know, I don't, I don't really make those kind of, you know, uh, predictions, but she's doing great. You know. Okay. And now it's time to play the lightning round where I'm going to ask you to pick between a couple people right now. I'm going to do a special late nineties, early two thousands music edition of the lightning round. Okay. So you tell me which one is your favorite backstreet boys or in sync backstreet boys, Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera. hundred percent Britney Spears, Jessica Simpson or Mandy Moore. 100% Jessica Simpson. TLC or Salt and Peppa? TLC. Kid Rock or Limp Biscuit? Kid Rock. Eminem or Dr. Dre? Dre. 98 Degrees or Five? 98 Degrees. Spice Girls or All Saints? Hmm. I'm gonna say Spice Girls. Destiny's Child or In Vogue? In Vogue. Good Charlotte or Blink-182? Mm, neither. Madonna or Janet Jackson? Janet. Alanis Morissette or Joan Osborne? Alanis. Ace of Bass or The Real McCoy? Ace of Bass. Well, I love Real McCoy. Come on. Yeah. Another night. Come on. They, they were both great. Yeah. Uh, Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston? That's tough, but Whitney. Come on. I mean, you know, it's Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. LFO or O-Town? Neither. And then the biggest song that you think kind of defines that era, would you pick Baby One More Time, I Want It That Way, or Bye Bye Bye? I want it that way. Okay. Easy. And, and what would you like to say to all the fans who are watching this today? Man, I just want to say thank you. I mean, I've been doing a, a I just started doing a Twitch stream. I do I do it on Sundays and I, I just started doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, first thing in the morning, like early, like 830 central, you know, 930 a.m. Eastern. And um, I'm meeting so many new people there. And I just want to say to all my people out there supporting my music over the years, new, old, whatever. Thank you so much. That's why I do it. I'm in a studio 18 hour, uh, 18 hours a day <clears throat> for the last couple decades. And um it's great to know that people appreciate what I'm doing. It's nice to hear that. Um, it's not about money. I mean, I'm very, I feel very lucky to support my family doing what I do, but it's really about, I love producing records. I do love what I do and I don't take it for granted at all. And it's, it's really great just to connect with people, people that I would never connect with, with if it wasn't for COVID, you know, making Twitch a big thing. And so now I'm connecting with all these people that I really wouldn't have 
connected with because I'm not really just on Facebook all day. Um, and, you know, it's easier for people to pop into your stream and say hi, as opposed to DMing you on Instagram. So it's, it's cool to have this new format. And one of the good things that come out of COVID is, is this. So uh, thanks. Thanks for all your support. And is the best way for people to contact you, how would you say? To contact me. <laughs> um, the best way is it's really easy to contact me. If you go to davaday.com, you can just click contact. It's very, I don't make it hard for the stalkers to contact me. So it's, it's pretty easy. And you can just always also pop into my stream. That's very easy too. I mean, it's very, it's not hard. There's no, there's no, you know, I don't have a, a moat around my house. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I probably need to put one there, but um, it's very easy to contact me. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I had a blast. Thank you for, thank you for having me. Let's do it again. You're welcome. Thank you guys for watching and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye everybody.